Alright, welcome back everybody to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, this is your boy Christian and I am here because today we're going to talk a little bit about the Dynamo. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, give out social media so you guys can uh, keep up and stuff like that. Not keep up with me, but you know, just talk and interact with one another. Uh, Chris Putalia, C-R-I-S-P-U-T-A-L-L-A-Z. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and then you can also find the show uh, specifically and on Instagram under Cuatro Cuatro Dos, which is Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, D-O-S. Uh, you can also find this video, if you're watching or if you're listening, you can watch the actual video of the podcast uh, on the YouTube channel as well. Um, also, well, maybe not right now, but probably in 2021... I will be starting a Twitter for this thing, and then we'll we'll start exploring other stuff. Uh, I'm kind of kind of slow when it comes to technology, and also I don't keep up with it. Uh, so, why well, I, I I do keep up? I just you know I'm not as active as other people are. But you know, uh, whenever 2020 comes and uh, we see what we can do, we'll probably get you know like a Twitch or something like that, and then we can do some stuff live and record the episodes live and you know just do a bunch of other stuff that uh maybe this year we probably won't be able to get to uh just because 2020 has been shitty either way right but before we get into the dynamo and break down do a little breakdown of the minnesota game and the skc game we'll talk a little bit about the dash the ladies over here um, so there, I think I already mentioned this on the live, uh, Instagram live that I did a couple of, actually, I think it was a Twitter live, uh, that I did a few uh, days back, probably about a week ago. Um, and I talked about how there was, basically they were re-signing everybody. Um, so, you know, Daly got re-signed, uh, Shea Groom, Campbell, Oyster, uh, Hutton, I can't say her name. But you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and then, who else? I think that was it. But it was mainly like the most the most famous ones, basically, right? Um, but I should have wrote them down. But it's okay. Uh, but yeah, they, they have been signed, most of them, to like a three-year contract. Um, which is good, because that means that this team that has done really, really well in the past, or at least in the past tournament... In the Challenge Cup, um, we'll be sticking together. So that's always a good thing uh, for winning teams, trying to keep that base of players together and, you know, have them compete and stuff like that. So, you know, the future for the Houston Dynamo and for women's soccer here in Houston is looking pretty bright, you know, due to the fact that we have a pretty good, strong base of players. And, uh, and then we can just keep adding to that, you know, and build a culture around it, a winning culture. You know, for that matter. But um, talking about winning culture and talking about playing, uh, actually, the NWSL is coming out. Actually, started uh, yesterday. Today is Monday the 6th. Uh, I'm tripping. Sunday the 6th. But they started yesterday. Uh, the first game was actually Sky Blue. They beat uh, 2 1 to, uh, Spirit. And basically, what the NWSL did was divide the whole League of Nine teams into three, three, three uh, groups of three, three bubbles of three. Uh, which include, for example, in the South, you have the Dash, the NC Courage, North Carolina Courage, and Orlando Pride. And then on the West side, you'll have the Utah Royals, the Portland Thorns, and the OL Reign. 
And then on the east side, kind of east north, uh, you have Washington Spirit, Chicago Red Stars, and Sky Blue. Um, so, being that said, the Dash actually are back in action here in uh, on actually in September, actually this week coming up on Friday, the 11th of September. The Dash will be taking on uh, NC Courage over there, I believe, in Courage, uh, North Carolina, at 7 p.m. And you can actually watch that on Twitch. Um, on 9:26 on September 26th, we'll be on it's a Saturday at 8:30 p.m. Actually, here in Houston, we'll be taking on Orlando Pride. Also, you can watch that on Twitch. Uh, hopefully, since it's here in Houston at BBVA. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to make it out. Um, well, you know, first we got to see how the protocols. Uh, it's going to be with the NWSL, but if it's anything like the MLS, then they're probably going to give uh, press passes, which, uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed, I'll be able to attend those and uh, actually attend my first uh, NWSL match, my first dash match, which is going to be very interesting because I'm looking forward to following this team um, as well as I am the Dynamo. And then also on Sunday, uh, October 4th at 7 p.m., it's a Sunday, we are playing again North Carolina Courage. Also on Twitch, you can watch it, and it's also going to be here at home. So it's going to be a pretty good uh, series of games. Uh, I imagine there's probably going to be like a some type of, I mean, honestly, I don't know. But I imagine there's going to be some type of either like playoff or there's going to be like a mixing of groups. Uh, but we'll see how that happens, you know, because you can't just have the, all the teams play each other unless you're Canadian in the MLS and you are stuck playing Vancouver, uh, who else, Toronto, and Montreal, that they're all playing each other because they can't leave the country, basically. But um, we'll see how it works. The NWSL actually has a good track record of actually putting better, uh, I mean, it's a lot easier because there are only nine teams, uh, but I mean, they have a really good record of putting really good uh, pretty good material out there basically if we can say that um, hey look at this one is badass huh but um it's gonna be interesting I'm um, actually interesting to see how the dash is going to do without daily Rachel daily who has been loaned to uh, um, West Ham United I believe um, um, yeah, so West Ham United, so she's over there playing in England. I think she'll be there till like the end of the year, which basically, you know, that's when the season ends here and then it starts usually next year or some, somewhere. So usually that's what women players do, actually. They play here, and then whenever they're done here, they play somewhere else, usually in Australia. Now a lot of leagues, a lot of women's leagues, maybe, I don't know if my it's my impression of it, but there's a lot of women's league popping out. For example, the Champions League was a big hit. The Women's Champions League uh, was a pretty big hit. Um, UEFA Champions League, to be more specific. Um, and a lot of these leagues are, at least to me, are coming to the forefront. Um, I've been seeing, I mean, also talking to uh, Melina, who does um, the podcast about uh, uh, women's soccer. Um uh, what was the name of it? It's okay. I'm going to actually put... I'm going to write myself a note. And I'm going to put it on the description below so you can follow it. Basically, what they do is they follow women's soccer um, throughout the world. And then, you know, they, they talk about it. Um, it's something... Asis? The goles? Something like that? Goles? I don't know. But, like I said, I'm going to put it on the bottom. I promise. Uh, but, basically, they're 
I'm terrible with names, so I mean, if you, you know by now, if you've been listening, I'm terrible with names. So, Haz del Gol or something like that. But, Magia del Gol, Magia, what it does, I'm not going to stop, I'm, I'm going to stop trying. But basically, I'm going to put it there. So, if you're interested in women's soccer, uh, go ahead and check them out. Also, there's another show that I just became aware of um, that is also talking about women's soccer. I'm going to go ahead and find that one, too. So, if you're interested about anything women's soccer, uh, obviously better than than what I can actually cover, I'm going to go ahead and put all those shows on the, on below. I'm going to go ahead and myself write a note. Women's soccer is actually a guy that also writes for Dynamo uh, Theory. So, um, Theodore. Theodore and his sister, Theo, I guess. I don't know. Theodore sounds weird. But Theo and his sister actually have a uh, um, women's women's soccer podcast. So, it's pretty cool. So, if you're a fan of anything Dynamo Theory, if you're a fan of Cuatro Cuatro Dos, go ahead and check the, the, guy, the guys out. The guy and the girl, I guess. Um, I, like I said, I'm gonna put all the descriptions below so you guys can go ahead and give them a follow, give them a listen, in, and be, you know, which is also something that I have to do, be a little bit more in touch with women's soccer because it's definitely growing in this world, um, and it's actually sometimes a lot better than guy soccer. So, um, so being that said, I also go uh, listen to actually the dash, which they're very dash specific, so. I'm going to go ahead and put that too. I'm going to go ahead and write that too because I'm going to forget. And then, uh, damn, that's three different podcasts right there about women's soccer. So, like I said, if you want to be a little bit more into women's soccer, go ahead and check those guys out. It's going to be on the description below. Uh, but now let's go ahead and talk about the Dynamo, who I am a little bit more aware of. Um, so, the Dynamo has been, um, I guess we can say, on a streak now. Three games in a row, three wins out of the last four games of the you know the comeback into this MLS, into this new normal that we call soccer here in the United States. And the Dynamo, honest, honestly, like since the MLS, the MLS is back tournament. A lot of people didn't like it just because the Dynamo kind of you know wasn't able to go into the next phase. But if you actually look back at those games, I think I already mentioned this like a gazillion times, but if you actually go back and look at those games, uh, the Dynamo did not do that bad. Like when you are, when you go, obviously the results weren't there, but if you go look at the style of play and the way that they were playing, I mean, you can't really like, you know, talk down on them in a way. Um, you know, you had a 3-3 tie with LA, uh, LAFC, which is probably one of the best teams right now in the MLS, or at least at that time it was. Um, you had a 2-1 two, loss to Portland, which is also was a very fought game. Um, I mean, we fought them till the end, basically, and then with LA Galaxy, um, you know, a stupid mistake at the end kind of let, let that into whatever it was, you know. Uh, but, you know... That was probably our worst game, but it was probably just because towards the end we we kind of ended up going back and you know we kind of let go of everything. But you know I'm not gonna talk about that much. But basically I'm just trying to say that the Dynamo has been showing some kind of signs of improvement uh, when it comes to you know soccer. When it comes to like last year with Wilmer Cabrera, uh, where technically we were just a counter attacking team. And if you have seen these past two games, even including the Kansas City and Kansas City that are, I'm pretty sure I talked about that in the last episode, 
um, you'll see that the Houston Dynamo has been a team that actually has the pot- the possession the possession of the ball in most of the games actually in, in these two games we actually have one possession of the ball uh you know throughout the whole match and the first halves have been like very dynamo controlled halves um and which is very interesting for you know if you've been following the team for at least a couple years you'll com- you like you can really really see the difference in that um but let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about that Minnesota game here at BVVA. Um, I was lucky enough to actually be in uh, in the stadium. Um, you know, the little perks of doing stuff um, and following the team. So I was able to get in there. I was able to go. I was able to, you know, be there. I was going to say interact with people. But to be honest, I don't really interact with people. I'm kind of a, a weird loner type of person. Uh, and I see people and I say hi and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm polite in a way. But it's just weird. I don't know. I'm pretty awkward. I'm socially awkward myself. So it's kind of weird, you know. But, you know, really good people. Uh, shout out to Federico from Todo Dynamo, who is, a, like, he's a legit, like, a professional almost. Um, you know, I don't know if he's a professional or not, but he for sure sounds like a professional. So if you're looking for uh, Dynamo coverage in Spanish... Todo Dynamo is probably the west, the the west, the best way to go right now. Uh, he's doing a lot of interviews, uh, press conferences. He's asking like literally all the right questions. He also follows RGV, so if you're interested in that, uh, go check him out. Obviously, mine is more like opinion based uh, podcast. His is more like <clears throat> information based, um, and also you know he he's really good. He's really knowledgeable in soccer, and, and then he has like those. Uh, table discussions with other people that follow uh, the Dynamo, so it's pretty pretty cool, pretty interesting uh, show. Also, you can follow the guys in English, you know, the Peel, uh, Generation Orange, Keeping Tabs, uh, and I think uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody else for now, at least. Uh, and if I do, I apologize. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this Minnesota game. So this Minnesota game was very very interesting because. We just came out of, a, of like a high of beating Kansas City and Kansas City 5-2. Literally the number one seeded team, like still to this day, even though they have lost two games to us, they actually, I looked at the record in, in these last four games, they haven't won any of them. They lost two to us and I think they tied the other two. Um, so basically they're going through a bad stretch right now because they can't win. Um, but they're still on top, which is very, very like crazy because, you know, they have so much advantage between the first two games of the year and then the MLS's back tournament. Uh, they were able to get that gap, you know, of points that right now they're still comfortably sitting up top, even though they they haven't won a game in any other last four games. Um, but going no coming from there, going into a Minnesota that also had a pretty good MLS's back tournament. You know, it was like a trial for us, like literally even. Um, Coach Tabramos even on there was uh, somebody asked him about if he was nervous about you know coming back to to playing at home and you know coming from a big win and what did this game mean for him and um, and he answered um, that he was actually not looking forward to a possible letdown but he was afraid of a possible letdown you know coming from a giant win five two against Kansas City coming back home. You know, you kind of have that pressure on you because you're like, 
you know, I kind of have to win. I kind of have to show that a well, 5-2 in Kansas City wasn't luck, but it was like hard work, consistency, uh, you know, fighting and, you know, balling out and putting a good, you know, soccer clinic over there. And a 3-0 basically kind of shouted, sh- you know, shut down those those fears of being a, like, lucky team or, you know, we got a lucky break, we, we got a lucky game in Kansas City. You know, it kind of showed that the Houston Dynamo is actually doing a turn. And I'm not actually, I'm not afraid to say that a lot of people are scared to say that this is a new Dynamo. They're also afraid of this letdown because they have seen that before. Uh, especially last year, for example, that we, we had our best start, um, like in history, basically, if I'm not mistaken. And literally, we almost ended second to last in the whole, like, general table, uh, which obviously, terrible, right? But I think we are, as Dynamo fans, we're kind of like scared of being let down as we have been let down for the past few years. So, But right now, as today, as I am very confident after seeing these three games and actually seeing that Dallas game that we tie 0-0, I am very confident to say that we are seeing a new Dynamo. We are seeing a Dynamo, and not only because of the style of playing, but also the confidence of the players and the coach, which I'm actually going to get to that towards the end. Um, but for now, I want to go ahead and keep continue on Minnesota. So Minnesota, as you guys know, um, probably the star of these of these two of this game specifically, because to be honest, well, I'm going to talk about the different names that lately have been catching our eyes, basically. Uh, but for example, in this on this uh, game. Uh, first half we had slight possession, like we had a very slight more possession than Ken- than Minnesota did. We ended the game uh, with a 53 to 47 possession, and we ended up with 21 shots on goal. Uh, and they ended up not not on goal, but just 21 shots, and they ended up with 13. Um, as you guys know, we we won 3-0. We had uh, Quintero score that first goal in uh, minute 27. Memo hat kind of you know came from kind of left to right, you know, kind of trying to dribble it in himself. He didn't get to it, tapped it to Quinteros, Quinteros put it away. He has been literally a game changer in this uh, in this uh, team. Uh, so I wrote down, best chances for Minnesota came from mistakes. So basically, we didn't even give Minnesota the, like, the time of day for them to attack, like, we didn't we didn't we literally shut them down i mean this team has been super super solid and literally all their uh chances that they got were literally from our mistakes something that we did wrong some you know wrong passes and stuff like that uh lassiter uh, that combination of ellis and lassiter uh, coming in at, towards the end not not even at the end literally in the beginning of the second half minute 55 they both came in at the same time and the second goal, first one for Lasita, came in at minute 65, literally 10 minutes after he walked in into his first MLS, well, MLS, his second wave of MLS games. But first game with the Houston Dynamo. And then five minutes later or four minutes later, minute 69, he scored the second goal, also from an assist from Ellis. So a lot of people were very, very excited to see uh, Adi play. Adi? I don't know. His name is Ariel, so which is my middle name. Shout out, haha. Um, but they call him Ari, but I think I'm gonna call him Ari, Ariel. I'm gonna call him Ariel because it's kind of weird, Ari. But Ariel, see that sounds weird too. Uh, I'm gonna call him Ari, whatever. 
So Ari uh, came in second half, literally uh, beginning, almost beginning of the second half. Uh, we started with, um, I was going to say Maravanotas, but no. Christian Ramirez, uh, who unfortunately um, has been having pretty weak games. Um, he has had a couple of chances on each game that he wasn't able to put away. Uh, which unfortunately is not a good look for him. But also we know that you know sometimes forwards go through those ups and downs. Um, and hopefully you know he'll he'll recover because he uh, from this kind of drought of uh, as a forward, you know a forward wants to score he needs to score to kind of survive. You know it's kind of like in their spirit basically. Uh, but uh, you know, shout out to um, Christian Ramirez. You know we're waiting for you to actually come. Hold on one second. All right, like I was saying, uh, so Christian Ramirez um, coming back. Well, not coming back, but I, you know, actually having two bad, not so great games. Uh, he had a few chances. He was able to put them away, which gave uh, the opportunity for uh, Lasseter to come in. And obviously, he had a heck of a game against Minnesota. Two, you know, literally ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in, two goals in, uh, and then he kind of played an okay game. He wasn't, he was not bad. You know, he was able to open up the space. He's very, very fast. Um, and then actually whenever people in the press conference asked Tab Ramos, you know, did you expect this from, you know, Ari Lasseter coming in? And, you know, I was like, did you know how good he was going to be? Did you know that he was going to be such a difference maker, you know, scoring two goals and stuff like that? And uh, basically uh, Tab Ramos answered, you know, I always knew his potential. Uh, that's basically the reason why we brought him in, uh, because we knew how good of a player he is. We knew how much of a difference maker he was. Uh, you know, he had him in his um, national teams back in the day. So, you know, he, he knew exactly who he was bringing in whenever he brought uh, Eddie Lasseter. And actually, talking to him um, in the press conference, uh, um, they asked him about, you know, what is, you know, first game, two goals, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, what why ex why did you come to Houston, was going through your mind and stuff like that, you know? And basically what Addy said, you know, he was like, I'm trying to I'm trying to play in the World Cup with Costa Rica and I'm trying to do the best, you know, whatever the best basically the best chance I I have to make it into that World Cup, I'm going to take it. And he saw the Houston Dynamo as a big step coming from, you know, Alajuense, who is probably one of the biggest teams in Costa Rica. He said, you know, in his mind, coming to the MLS was going to give him a little bit of more uh, notoriety, if that's a word, um, you know, to, to be able to show off you know, a little bit of his skills and, and what he has to offer and maybe, you know, get that. I mean, he's been called to the Costa Rican national team, but, you know, he wants to be in it to, you know, compete uh, in the qualifiers and actually make it to the World Cup. Um, so, you know, shout out to Addy. Obviously, he's making a good impression, and hopefully, you know, he's able to achieve it, but also by giving the Dynamo uh, an extra hand, you know. Um, then and also, a question that was very interesting uh, that somebody asked um, Coach Tab Ramos was uh, what what was his conversations like with uh, Quinteros? You know, Quinteros coming literally in a trade this past offseason from Minnesota and, like, you know, how do you know sometimes players when they play with their old teams they kind of tend to tone it down just because you know they don't want to do as much damage you know because of the affection was there da 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 uh so the, he asked him hey like uh 
are you okay? Like, are you motivated for this game? And and literally word for word, what Coach Tyrone said that Quinteros told him was like, Coach, I'm motivated every single game. You do like you don't have to worry about me. Uh, it doesn't matter who we play against. I'm going to be killing it basically. And you can actually tell that you know from like the beginning of the games. Uh, you know, against Dallas, against, you know, SKC over there, against SKC or against Minnesota. He literally has been one of the the people that has been the game changer for us, like in one way or another. Um, and actually, you're going to see this right now because we're going to talk about the SKC games. And you're going to see basically a trend of how these, uh, basically we had, we won 2-1. All right, let's go ahead and jump on it. So we had SKC this past Saturday here in Houston, uh, and we we beat them 2-1. Uh, we started losing 1-0 uh, in the first half. They scored it in minute 29. Uh, whenever the game was pretty even, uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, you know. There was some back and forth, but most of the game kind of um, SKC came out with a really really well like put together team. Like they were very compacted in the midfield. Uh, the the defense was pressing pretty high so there wasn't a lot of space between like forwards midfield and defenders so they were very compacted they literally put five people in the back so they made it extra hard for Christian Ramirez to find some space to to make runs to to find you know a hole um and then you know uh Hansen didn't have that much of a good game as he did in Kansas City over there um and then you know kind of memo also was a little bit lost. He was able to get some few touches here and there, but he was kind of lost. But Quinteros was literally the game changer in this time because he was literally the one that gave uh, Hanson the one-on-one pass a um, minute 18 so he can be with the goalie, which he totally uh, screwed up. Uh, he, he, you know, he missed in front of the goalie. Those are the ones basically that you have to put away. Uh, that was like his only chance of the game, and he, he wasn't able to put it away. And then he was also the guy that gave the through ball. Quintero was the guy that gave the through ball to Christian Ramirez in minute 42 for the, you know, for the tie. Uh, and then Christian Ramirez hit the crossbar, which, you know, was, I imagine, very frustrating for him because he wasn't able to put that away, which would have gave his mentality in the whole game, you know, would have flipped it on his head too. And then when we go into the second half, he was actually the one that gave the ball to Seren, who then put the pass to Ellis, and then he gave the ball to Valentin, who put the ball to Manotas. So he was kind of like the starter of all these like movements and, and the starter of all these balls that put the Dynamo in position of scoring, basically. So Quinteros was literally single-handedly included or involved in all of these goal-scoring chances, basically. Um, and also another good thing that you see is uh, possession. Um the Dynamo had most of the possession in the first half. Actually, I have it here. It was 54%, 54.8% to be specific and uh, for the Dynamo, and then 45 for um, for SKC. And then at the final of the game, uh, when the numbers came back, we had 57 possession, they had 43. So you can see who literally dominated the game. And you can see that also on, like, if you go actually on MLSsoccer.com, uh, or if you have the MLS app, you can go into like a recap or something like that. And it just gives you a bunch of graphs and stuff like that. And you can see 
um, actually it grabs up passes how the ball moved around and if you look at the one that has the Houston Dynamo you see a lot of balls going through uh, being filtered in the four in the back and also being used uh, Matias Vera and uh, Seren were being used a lot you also see a lot of movement from Quinteros uh, and you can see literally where our most of our possession was um, something that I liked about Ty Brown was that he did that actually worked very well with Minnesota was coming out the back uh, you know, with the new rule in FIFA is, you know, that you don't have to leave the 18 to start the ball or, like, to put the ball in play from the goalie. Uh, it allows teams like this uh, to be able to come out with possession of the ball literally from inside the 18 out. Uh, with SKC, it was a little bit harder because they were pressuring so high that literally they we didn't have an opportunity to come, you know, out the back. And the times that we did, they were very, very scary because they were literally on top of us. Uh, and also, I wrote it down, SKC plays super high, super compacted, uh, and their goal came from great soccer, according to Matt Doyle. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, for a little bit, but like a split minute, split second. So this guy, Matt Doyle, who happens to be very smart, you know, I guess he's, uh, and I don't know, but I follow him on Twitter, and he just talked about MLS. He's obviously known as a reporter or something. Uh, I don't know. I should probably know, but I don't. But then this dude had the audacity, 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 to talk about SKC scoring a good goal against the Dynamo when the Dynamo beat SKC 2-1 and the Dynamo be played better soccer and their goal came out of a rebound. Bruh. Come on, man. Like, give the Dynamo something. Like, and it's funny because... Literally, like, all the Houston teams that kind of get shit, like, thrown on them. And I don't know why. I really don't know why Why Houston has become, like, like even the Rockets, the Texans, like, every single sport, like, Houston has been thrown, like, shade all over the place. And the Dynamo can't get, you know, can't catch a break either. We have been playing three really good games. We whooped Kansas City 5-2. We beat them here at home. With just willpower and balls, basically, uh, we played with Minnesota. Uh, you know, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see how we do with Colorado. But I think that Dallas game was probably gonna be a little bit easy for us, um, just because Dallas is just Dallas. You know, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But you know, I don't, I don't think highly of Dallas, so I don't think we should have a problem there. So hopefully, I don't bite my tongue on that one. But um. But yeah, Matt Doyle, come on, bro. Do a breakdown of, of Houston goals. Like, I was watching, I saw the second goal that we scored. We had better movement of the ball than they did when they scored their goal. Like, dude was talking about how the Kansas City broke her lines. Okay, yeah, you give them that. But you don't talk about how we broke their line of five in the back with Manotas coming in from, like, a sub five minutes before. I don't know. It's just it's just a lot of stuff. I just think a lot of people a lot of people are not very uh, they're very impartial when it comes to talking about some some Houston sports. But it is what it is. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna give them this. Their mid play very well, but you know, having people like Busio and having people like Kinda, um, you would have thought that they would dominate the middle. But you know, we have Seren. 
We have Vera that have been killing it, literally killing it these past three games, and uh, they weren't able. They weren't a match. They weren't a match for us. So take that, Kansas City. Los tenemos de hijo, basically. So they're sons of ours, I guess. And I guess that's a translation. That's when like your team basically dominates them. You call them your kids. Um, so the second half. Uh, we were down 1-0, so we came out stronger. We came out more, with more possession than the first half. Uh, but we were just f- finishing that final touch. Um, like I said, you know, I wrote, even wrote down Kinda, Busio. Uh, their best players were the literally the only two people that touched that ball. Kinda was the, only, the one that put the ball uh, for them to have break our lines and score from a rebound. But it is what it is. And then Busio... I always like those type of players that, you know, look for the ball. Like Vera, if you see him, he's always running, actually looking for the ball. Uh, Busio is, and he's very young. He's a very young kid. So he's actually one to be look, be, to keep our eye on in the future. He's probably going to do big things in the soccer world. Uh, minute 58, Elis and Lasitera, also the, the combo from last, the previous game, came in minute 58. And literally minute 59, Elis scores a goal. Uh, beautiful play also uh, from, you know, there was a bunch of touches here and there. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Darwin Quintero gets the ball literally all the time in the world. Puts his head up like he should. Chips it over to a, a well-timed run by Seren, who has been killing it. Literally two assists in the last three games. Um, from Seren, that technically back in, like, last year, sometimes he wouldn't even play in games, like, at all, period. Like, he would be lucky if he would get five minutes at towards the end when, whenever we were parking the bus, right? Uh, and then, uh, um, and then, so yeah, we got the goal. And then you can see also when we tied it up, Kansas City kind of brought in some uh, good players, some you know, dynamic players to kind of try to get that win. So they literally a couple minutes after that they brought in uh, Gerso, Gerso, and Russell, who you know happened to be really really good players. Like they were literally looking for that win. But, you know, we brought in Manotas, you know, towards the end of the game. Um, and we brought in, uh, who else did we bring in? Uh, we brought Kiki in also to kind of fortify that uh, that defensive. Also, Formayor had a really good, you know, a pretty good game. I'm not going to lie. Like, it wasn't like perfect maybe, but it was a pretty solid game. Also, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I want to talk about, like, literally I can talk about really every single player for like 10 minutes. Because they did such a good job um, these past few games. And then minutes eight, minute 80, Manotas comes in. Minute 85, beautiful ball by Valentin. Literally to, to his forehead. Like, it could have been any more perfect. He literally grabbed that ball, put it on his forehead. And, um, you know, goleadores are going to score, man. And you give them the ball in that, you know, in that 18, and they're going to put it away for you. And that's what Manotas did. And, you know... And that's how, and it's crazy enough because regular Dynamo would have parked the whole bus. They would have brought literally the bus from outside the parking lot and parked it on the goal. But they didn't. They kept possession of the ball. They kept moving it around. They kept playing it around. Like, you know, just touch and come and go. Bam, bam, boom. It was beautiful to see, like, it was beautiful to see, um, who was it? I think it was Manotas. In the corner of SKC, 
you know when you know when trying to waste time you take the ball to the corner it's just a beautiful side of us kind of like attacking or like you know in their side of the field keeping the ball controlling the ball moving the ball around um it was just it was just gorgeous i was not afraid that we were gonna get tied in that game like i was but i wasn't really um so then talking in the press conference uh ty ramos talked about how this win literally is a win that you can build a team on and what he meant by that is that whenever you know in the future we're going to look back as this win being a decisive like a win that turned around the mentality of the players literally you know you're down 1-0 against SKC the best one of the best teams now in the MLS and you came back and you flipped it around playing beautiful soccer beautiful touches not panicking uh beautiful balls like you know controlling and keeping the ball and dominated a team like Kansas City who you know it's not easy but we made it look easy um so it was very interesting, very very awesome, like to see, like you know, as a lover of like the sport, when you see a team dominate like that, you're just like, oh wow, Barcelona from Xavi and Iniesta type type thing, you know, like it, it gives you flashbacks. I'm not saying that Dynamo is that. I'm just saying that it kind of gives you those flashes of greatness, you know. Uh, and then also he talked about competition, competition for the positions, like literally. A thing that we all worried about was depth. Like, even me, like, in the beginning of the year, I was like, dude, we have no depth. But that's because we didn't have any trust in people. Like, literally, I didn't trust in Sedan, to be honest. And now, I would go to war with Sedan. Like, I would take Sedan to any match, ever. Um, because I know he, I mean, I, I knew he had balls, but you just wasn't able to see it. Like, he didn't have that. You know, like, sometimes they, the players need confidence from the coach to, like, go out and give their all. And, like, you can tell that Tab Ramos has, like, tapped a nerve that, you know, kind of keeps them motivate, motivated to, like, go out and play, you know? You can see that in, you know, in those uh, Ari Lasseter and Ellie's moves. You know, he, like, literally switches forward by forward. And, like, it's good competition, dude. Like, you have Adi, you have uh, Manotas, you have uh, Christian Ramirez. I mean, you can say you have Peña, but he, you know, he's literally in the bench. Um, and just like, you know, you can throw an Ellis in there. Like when you have those many forwards, like literally you have to score every chance you get. And that's why uh, Christian Ramirez was kind of down on himself a little bit. You can tell like that he was, his morale was kind of down a little bit because he, I mean, he knows, he knows that, you know, they're stepping right behind him, like. You know, they're right there, you know, trying to take a spot. And, and not of, you know, being mean or being a bad person. But, you know, they're trying to get a spot. And they're trying to get a starting spot. So, it you know, it keeps everybody on their toes. Competition brings, you know, wins. It brings good games. And also, talking about this kid, you know, Bahamich from Instituto, that the Dynamo seem to be kind of like trying to entice and bring him over here. Imagine, you bring a number nine, like a legit, true number nine that is killing it in the second division of Argentina, who happens to be, you know, a great league, uh, even though it's the second division. Uh, the kid has scored, like, I don't know how many, like, 20-something goals in, like, 30 games or something like that. I mean, he obviously has been doing something right, and, and bringing another number nine, like, the competition is going to be bonkers, unless we're going to start playing with, like, two number nines. Then I'm all I'm all down for that, but it's just going to be it's going to be good and it's going to be crazy. Uh, but one thing that you will know for sure is that the players are going to be giving it 150% because 
they're fighting for their spots. But then also you have to think about, you know, there's Ellis and Manotas might be leaving. We still don't know. So, I mean, if those two guys leave, then it kind of leaves some spots open for, for you know, these other guys to compete. It kind of gives you a little bit of a breather because, you know, you don't have Manotas literally a legendary in the Houston Dynamo uh, franchise, basically. And Ellis also, like, being a huge name, um, you know, if they take him away, then it kind of gives him a, a little room to breathe. But, you know, also you still have to fight for your for your spot, you know. But uh, the substitutions by Tab Ramos were great. Uh, I think he learned a lot from uh, uh, from that 0-0 against uh, Dallas, where he literally he made one sub in, like, in the last five minutes or so. Uh, and a lot of people kind of criticized him about it. And he had a point, you know, that he was trying to make, that you know he saw the team looking good and, and can you turn it back on? Um, and he saw the team looking pretty good and stuff like that. Um, but I think he learned from that and he saw that even if we're doing good, we can always improve. We can always do better. We can always give a fresh air. And I think he. Well, I mean, shit. I'm only here trying to tell him what to do, right? Or thinking that I know more than him. But I think he realized that you know maybe we should do a little bit more subs here and there. But, you know, that's, that's good. That's a plus, right? Uh, and also, I talked about team depth. For my shoulder, for my shoulder, I had a really good game. Uh, I I wouldn't mind him start. I mean, he started. He did a really good job. I wouldn't him, you know, I wouldn't mind him starting as a center back with either Kiki or uh, um, with Minor Figueroa. Sorry, I forget his name. Shit. Uh, yeah, like I wouldn't mind any of those three kind of like rotating, which I think that was the plan of uh, Tab Ramos with this four games in an in 11-day span, uh, kind of like, you know, rotating the guys. But also I want to see what Bisama has if he's going to come in ever. Uh, I want to see what the what the other wingers, I mean, Valentin and uh, Lundy have been killing it. They've been solid defensively and they've been solid attacking. So I have like no complaints from those two. Uh, Vera and Seren, fucking, let's build them a statue right now. Both of them, like one each, one on each entrance. Um, and then we can do, like, fucking, we can do uh, Bonnie Garcia on the other side just because he's a legend. And then we'll keep the other one for somebody else, I don't know, for whoever you want. And also, uh, what about Quinteros? Quinteros, I mean, I think I've said enough. Uh, he has been the vital piece in this Dynamo controlling the ball. Every time that he gets the ball, I am relieved because nine times out of ten, he's going to keep it and he's going to give a good pass. You know, he'll have that one time that he'll kind of like trip over it because he's kind of going too fast and he'll lose it. But, I mean, nine times out of ten, he's doing something positive and dangerous, you know, against the opposing team. So, Quinteros has been super strong, super straight. Like, in the beginning, a lot of I was, me, myself, I am going to admit it. I was uh, I wasn't too sure of what Quinteros was going to do, uh, but now the way that he controls the ball, the way that he like gets the ball, stops the game. Uh, he may he may not be like a true number ten or whatever. You know, for me a true number ten is Juan Roman Riquelme. Like I am a Riquelme through and through, diehard. Like Juan Roman is God to me, basically in a way. I know that's blasphemy, or whatever. But, like, I am one of his, like, disciples in a way. Uh, my favorite player ever. Uh, 
so like in my head when I think of a number 10 I think of somebody controlling the ball I think of him obviously he put the bar really high but Quinteros is doing such a great job like he may not have the same qualities but the qualities that he has which is like a burst of speed at any point in time like I think it keeps everybody on their toes which is what we need we need people to be scared of the Houston Dynamo like we need people to be aware that Shit, like, we can get attacked by Quinteros. If not, Memo is there. Like, Memo is going to fight every ball. Freaking tooth and nail, like, every, every ball. Um, so, I think we have a very solid group. And that's amazing. I don't think I would have thought of saying this for this year. Like, beginning of the year, I even said it. Or beginning of this MLS is back, back thing. I even said it. 2020 for me was a throwaway year in a way. And I was just going to wait for 2021 for Tab Ramos to actually complete his team. But I think with the moves that he has made and with the motivation that he has given these guys, like I think we have seen a whole new like Houston Dynamo. And, and I love it. Like I am excited. I'm happy to watch these games. If you haven't seen any games, I like... Hopefully they don't shit. They don't let me down against Colorado. But like we have been seeing probably... The best Houston Dynamo soccer that we have seen in a while, uh, and me, I'm not like I, I'm kind of new to the team. I was actually going through my some pictures. I've been going to Dynamo games since 2013, but I was never really, really into it till like these past two years. And this is the best team, the best Houston Dynamo I have seen. Me, like me and Miss, the like, past two, two and a half, two years. Um, we saw a spark like that, you know, in the beginning of the year last year, but kind of died down. Um, I think the coach had a lot to do, and I think Tab Ramos has given such a boost of confidence to the players, and and not only the players, but like the city. He talks to the people, he talks to the fans, he talks to the press. Like he's such a cool, down to earth guy, and like you can see it, and you can see that kind of giving out to like he gives that to the players, and the players kind of get that too you know it's just it's just good um and i don't know what else to say but i like this dynamo and i think we have become a new dynamo and i think we have changed the face of the dynamo and and i'm just and i hope that this phase two that god knows who we're going to be playing and i actually i hope to god that we play like a portland seattle lafc i hope we play galaxy again i want to play these tough quote unquote tough teams like you know San Jose. Uh, I wanna see if we can like measure up to like a Portland to a Seattle. Uh you know, I wanna measure up against a Columbus. I wanna measure up against I don't know, uh name a team that's doing good as uh, I don't know. I don't know who's doing good right now. Uh and NY NYCFC? I don't know. I really don't I haven't kept up with the with the East to be honest. Uh but I know Columbus is killing it but yeah, I'm very excited, and that's that's basically all I had. I had a whole bunch of notes, as you can see. Uh, but yeah, um, like I said, if you are looking for more uh, women's soccer, I'm going to have that down in the description below. Uh, but other than that, keep following the podcast. Keep uh, like talking and commentating and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to try to keep these coming out. Uh, as soon as possible and hopefully you guys can continue to watch this animal who's who are playing like probably the best soccer that we've seen in a while so keep up 
kind of shitty that you know the games are only in specific channels hopefully we'll get to be in a uh, national level soon uh, which that would be great and we don't have to fucking be playing around with antennas and shit but you know I think for now we gotta do what we gotta do to you know get these games on TV and actually get to see them so if you can't just go out to a bar wear your mask if you have to uh, but you know just go support the guys they're doing good and I think we have found a a new team in Tab Ramos and I am very excited so other than that I leave you guys uh, thank you for watching listening whatever subscribe like whatever share with your sister and your brother and your mom too and your grandma she likes soccer but cuatro cuatro dos your boy Christian's out see you guys later y'all have a good one and let's see what Colorado holds for us so if you're listening to this uh, before Wednesday is Wednesday at 8 o'clock and if you're listening to this after Wednesday, uh, we're playing uh, Dallas in the weekend. I think it's Saturday. So keep an eye out. See you guys later. I don't know why I did this, but I usually I, I used to throw Southwest when I was a younger kid. So it just comes instinctively. But Houston holds it down. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.